Welcome to the Peak Community Church Podcast, where weekly messages are available for your hearing. We learned that we had to become kind of more like children of God, right? Remember the pictures and, and stepping into daddy's shoes? And what kid never stepped into daddy's shoes? And so, or mommy's shoes. And, and, and Paul gave us a really beautiful vision that that's what we ought to be. We ought to be like children imitating God, following in his footsteps. He's got to be our role model, innocent, trusting, absorbing, imitating. But what, are, what, what is it that we're imitating? The world? Of course not. We know what those patterns are. Deception, fornication, uh, uh, sexual, yeah, just the world has its own patterns. And what it's saying is that we're not supposed to follow those patterns. We're supposed to follow the patterns of heaven. The world obviously is going, uh, it's on its way to hell in a handbasket. But if we're imitators of God, if we're imitators of God, we're able to bring forth something different. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 stated, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And I wrote down a note here, what's the indicator that we're imitating God? What's, what's the indicator? What becomes obvious to everyone else? It's the fact that we're walking in love. That's the fruit. And this is how you'll know them. By the love that they have for one another. Now, when the Bible talks about love, it does, it's not talking about love the way you and I talk about love. You know, how maybe you might love your new car. I got a little dog. He's, he's kind of cute. He just got a haircut, Cody. Kind of love that dog. You can love your job. You can love a particular designer, how it fits around. It's nice jeans. I like those jeans. They fit nice. You can, you can, you can have your favorite. You can love them. It's not what the Bible's talking about. Love is sacrificial. Love is putting another person first before your own interest. Love is, is sacrificing of yourself, of your time, of your resources. To be, it's expressive. It's not verbal. It's physical. It's expressive. This is how you'll know them, by the love that they have for one another. And so we spoke about putting off the old character and its nature and putting on Christ and walking in the newness of life. And we spoke about being out with the old and in with the new. And in our new nature, the Bible says that we ought to be walking in light. And that's where we're picking it up this morning. And I'm going to move fast. So, Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for your word. It is alive. 
It is active. It is able to go forth, O God, and not return unto you void. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing up to the division of soul and spirit, bone and marrow. And I just pray right now, Lord God, that your word will have its perfect work inside our hearts and souls. Let us not walk out this morning in the same condition that we walked in. And Lord Father, I pray that you would give me the grace to preach this message effectively, efficiently, and in such a way, Lord God, that would move and transform your people and keep us in the time frame. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. If you would open up your devices or your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, the 8th verse is where we'll be picking it up this morning. And Paul begins to speak about one of the character natures. We're going to be studying three of them. This morning, we're going to be dedicating our time into the light. Because the Bible says, for you were once darkness. But now, you are light. That, that is a promise. I want you to hold on to that, and I want you to cling on to that. You were once darkness. That means that you are darkness no more. You are darkness no more. What are you? You are now light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing. How much we have to do? Nothing with the fruitless deeds of darkness. But rather, expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes light and this is why it is said wake up sleeper rise from the dead and christ will shine on you amen live as children of the light can we just make that declaration here this morning i am a child of the light Come on, tell somebody like you mean it. I am a child of the light. Mm, Come on. (laughs) So how? How? How are you children of the light? Well, the Bible says that we're supposed to seek all. Seek all what? He gives us a uh, uh, three-point faction that we need to be able to hold on to. Light consists of goodness that which is edifying that which builds up it's contributory to well-being things that are good now for something to be good it can't just you can't just say it's good because you're saying it's good it's got to have good qualities that bring good let's say you know i i not me i i mean i've heard back in the day some people be like man you know, that bud was real good. You know that bud was good. But can I ask you a question? Is it really good? What are the effects? What, are, what does it do? 
I got a question. There's certain relationships. Oh, I'm in a great relationship. But what's the fruit of that relationship? Hold on. You're arguing. You're in misery. There's verbal abuse. There's how, how, how good really is that relationship for you? And sometimes we have difficult times making decisions for ourselves in regards to what's really good and what's not good, what's productive and what's counterproductive. And we have to make decisions for what's productive, what is really good. And what follows goodness is then righteousness. But what's righteousness? Being right all the time? I told my wife that. <laughs> and she's quick to point out all those flaws. I'm like, all right, I ain't all that righteous. Righteous is being in right standing with God. If you can remember that, righteousness is being in right standing with God. That means that we could stand before a holy God and not have fear that we would be consumed, utterly destroyed because of the sinfulness that's inside of us. We don't find our righteousness in ourselves because the Bible clearly states that the, the heart is desperately wicked above all things, that, that our righteousness really are but filthy rags before a holy God. So what type of righteousness can I bring before the Lord? Certainly it won't be found within me. And I could tell you that if you're trying to come to before a holy God and seek his presence and grab a hold of his ear, you'll never be able to do it based upon your righteousness. And I'm not saying that you're bad or evil people. What I'm saying is that we all have the sin nature within us. So am I lying when I say sometimes even on my best days, I can fall short? And some of us don't have too many best days, do we? Righteousness is found in Christ and Christ alone. Righteousness is found in the forgiveness of our sins. When, when we could take all of the shame and the guilt of the things that we've done and the way that we feel and sometimes the way that even how we think and be able to bring that before God and confess them and saying this is sinful, this does not go in alignment with your word. I want to repent from these things. I want to turn around from that. I don't want to live that way. Out with the old, oh God. Transform me and make me new. Make me righteous inside of you. And the last and final point is truth. Truth is truth. I love, okay, I don't love math because I'm not very good at it. I couldn't help my daughter with her math homework when she jumped in fifth grade. <laughs> That's, I think, when I stopped. What, third? Stop. Okay, so listen. <laughs> Blame it on the common core. That is so confusing. I'm like, when did, we, when did we stop doing math the way we do math? Like, can't do it. All right, so, but math happens to be the universal language. You ever heard that? Let me say that. Math is a universal language. Why is that? Two plus two is always like you. There's just no denying. It's never going to be anything else. You can't do two plus two and have eight. I mean, there must have been another four there involved to begin with. Like math is universal. 
pie is pie. 3.1415, whatever that is. And if you can figure out how to use that in an equation, please let me know. <laughs> but math is universal because it's truth. You can't change it. It's not parable. Your truth can't be your truth and not have it be a universal truth because truth has to be true. And what the Bible is saying, what Paul is revealing here to the church, to the saints at Ephesians at Ephesus is that if, if we pursue goodness, righteousness, and truth, that these are the fruit of the light. And that's how you know. That's how you know if the light is in you. Ask ourselves, come on, let's just take the, let's take the Christian mask off for the day. Let's look at ourselves in the mirror and say, man, as I look at myself, as I look at the man in the mirror, is truth, righteousness, a part of who I am? Can I see, can I see truth, righteousness, and goodness in who I am? And if we could take the hardcore look at that and begin to then make certain changes, what are the areas that maybe goodness, righteousness, and truth not exist? Can, can we believe God to be able to invade those areas and, and bring us to progressive sanctification? That every day I move closer and closer towards who God created me to be. Here's what happens when that light so shines inside of you. We're not only not to have fellowship with the things of this world, with the unfruitful works of darkness, but it says that we ought to expose them. It could be. But you know what's the way it, that we can clearly expose unfruitful acts and behavior? Just by shining the light of Christ inside our lives. Why do you think people come against you because of your faith? Why do you think there's so many haters in the world? You know that your light exposes darkness? People look in you, and they see the peace, and they see the joy. They, they, they see a settling and a confidence that comes upon you because of your faith. And they don't understand why you're not only going through your own storms, but your storms are worse than their own. And why is it that you can have such joy? And why is it that you can have such peace? And why is it that you can stay steady and rooted and grounded in the midst of what would be a, an entire crumbling of worlds? And yet, they may be going through a small, insignificant, and, and to them, that, that their world is crumbling apart. They're falling apart. Anger, anxiety, depression, isolation over what? Is it that serious? Sometimes it could be serious, but that's, 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 that's really becomes your perception. It's your experience. You step out of yourself and you get another perspective on it, these issues of life pale in comparison when we hold them in the light of eternity. 
Come on, family, you and I, we're only here before a hot minute. Anybody found the fountain of youth? No? No? Okay, I haven't either. And here's what the Bible says. You could take this one to the bank. We're children of death. This body is going to return to, to the ground where it came from. From dust to dust shall it return. But the soul, family, that spirit man that's inside of you, that you know is there, that was created eternally. Why do we put all our eggs in the baskets of this world when we should be putting all of our efforts to where we're going? That ought to be our greatest investment, the things of the kingdom. You hear me say it all the time. I do a lot of funerals. Nobody's ever pulled up here with a U-Haul verse with all of their, you know, possessions. I mean, that was defunct from, from Egypt. All of those pharaohs being buried with all of their treasures and, and, and all of their gold and silver and frankincense and all of their stuff into their grave with them. You know what happened about three or 4,000 years later? <laughs> They're pulling gold teeth out of their mouth. Stealing it. That, that, that ain't going anywhere. And yet, because our lives, this is what has been the conformity of this world, we believe that that is so important. For us that have that vision, oh, life issues could be very serious. But if we stepped out of that and looked at it in light of eternity, we wind up, God gives us such a greater vision, greater depth of understanding. Your light ought to expose the darkness. There was once a time that darkness covered over the face of the earth. In fact, in Genesis 1, 1, 3 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, Let there be light. That which was in darkness, the, the, there's two Hebrew words that, that are translated into darkness. And here in the New Testament, uh, the darkness could be translated, it, it's chosek. If I pronounce that, if there's any Jewish people, I'm sorry if I just butchered that word. Chosek. Chosek. It, it, it's, it's dark, yes, literally. Darkness, turn off the light, it gets dark. But figuratively, as it was in the scriptures, it brings forth a, a, a vision of misery, destruction, ignorance, sorrow, chaos, wickedness. Yes, it, it brings us into an area of obscurity. And, and let me ask you a question. If we were to kind of try to identify where are some of the areas that, that we may have some darkness in our lives, what area of your life are you struggling in? Where is there any type of obscurity? Are there temptations in the workplace? Are there temptations, you know, uh, uh, in the home? Are there temptations as you go out and recreational? I mean, think about what the things are that, that would hold you back and bring forth darkness, that would suck the life out of you, that would leave your feelings and emotions in chaos. Are there finances, financial pressures? Are there physical pressures? Where, 
Where is there darkness in your life? Because this is what the Bible is saying, that the earth was dark. There was chaos, obscurity. Finally, ultimately, the, the, the full total of what this darkness is, it leads to death. It leads to death. But God said, let there be light. And the light went forth and exposed the darkness. And then the Bible says that the Spirit of God came and hovered over the face of the waters, contained that chaos. And I'm here to tell you, family, that God said, let there be light in your darkness. Let there be light in your chaos. The things that are bringing you down, that are creating that emotional turmoil, God is speaking into that this day and saying, let there be light. Expose it for what it is. When darkness is exposed by the light, family, it leads to eternal life. Because this is what God's objective, this is what his plan, this is why Calvary was so important. What he did upon the cross, the, the penalty that he paid, he not only took the wages of our sins, but he took the punishment of them to be able to set us free. And he provides and guarantees eternal life. Listen to what Isaiah said in, in the Old Testament. Uh, chapter 26, right up at about the 19th verse. Isaiah said, but your dead will live, Lord. Come on. That's, that's a like hallelujah and amen. Your dead will live and their bodies will rise. Let those who dwell in the dust wake up and shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning. The earth will give birth to her dead. Those areas that you think are dead in your life, God is speaking light into them and saying, bring life out of it. Yeah, but pastor, you don't understand. Lies of the devil. You don't understand. Not that I don't understand. I completely understand, and that's why I'm trying to give it to you. <laughs> come on. When the light can come inside of you, expose all of those areas of darkness, what he's saying is that which is dead inside of you can be dead no longer. There is a joy that would rise up and resound. Live out your eternal security. Death no longer has a hold on you. Oh, when you come to Christ, when you come to Christ, one of the immediate manifestations is that removal of death. <laughs> death no longer has a hold. I mean, the, isn't this what Paul says in 1 Corinthians the 15? Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? I don't have to fear death anymore. The life that's inside of me, no one can take that away from me. The Holy Spirit that would come and live inside of you. You don't have to want to do good. There's a desire inside of you that says, this is what I want to do. No longer do I chase the things of darkness. But my God, that the light has exposed them and is exposed in me. 
And when we have that light inside of us, unfortunately, people turn around and they see that. Sometimes, sometimes it gets awkward. My kids and we have like awkward, just, you know, it's just one of those things that you say something, people are like, Light exposes the darkness. And if you're carrying that light, the people that are around you that may have some darkness inside of them, all of a sudden have the sense there is a hope. Hold on, wait, God. You mean that he was in the same place that I was? He was was in the same exact spot, feeling the same exact things that I'm feeling, and yet you did that for him? Could you do it for me? Could you do it for me, God? Could you expose the darkness that's inside my life and bring forth that amount of love and peace and, and understanding? Could you, could you move inside my heart the way you moved in his heart? Because people are either going to see the hope that's inside of you or they're going to run from it in anger and in hatred. But either way, that's up to God. You just have to be who God called you to be. Allow his light to shine in you. Everything else is between God and them. I often say people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And we have to be people that are willing to love others exactly where they're at. Exactly where they're at. And bring them out. I'll share one last verse out of Isaiah in the 60th chapter. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See? Darkness covers the earth and deep darkness over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. I'm here to declare this morning that it is sunrise. The dawn has come, people. The dawn has come and we are no longer bound by the darkness but have the freedom to shine his light. Are you walking in the light this morning, family? Does the very nature of your life expose the darkness in those around you? His goodness and righteousness and truth, the characteristics of your personality as you look in the mirror? That's the question this morning. Have you truly been born again the peak community church is a young vibrant life-giving church in the heart of peakskill come and visit us on sunday mornings 10 a.m at the historic elks club 1038 brown street thank you for listening